Welcome to this four-part series, a collaboration between the Learning Future and the Metapraxis Project, run by ASA, the Association of Independent Schools South Australia. In partnership with Michael Bunce, a thought leader and academic, we'll discuss the idea of metadisciplinarity and metapraxis. This idea will need integrate the development of knowledge and understanding that calls us to learn how to learn. You'll hear from practitioners working on the ground to experiment with these ideas and bring kind of these future orientations into their work. We hope you enjoy this four-part series. And today we have uh, Michael Bunce, who's a phenomenal thinker, doer, systems leader. And um, Michael, I wanted you to take us into the world of what metapraxis actually means. Give us a sense of the vision, the process, the progress and as well the outcomes that you've been supporting now for three years across a network of schools in South Australia. Sure, thanks Luca. Um, it's great to be here. Um, well, Metapraxis uh, emerged from my work as a, as a musician, as an artist, as an interdisciplinary practitioner who was also an educator. And, and um, you know, there's a sort of synergy between creativity and learning that, that's, you know, for me, centred uh, around my practice, uh, yeah. you, you know, or, or, always. Um, and so this concept of praxis is very much about integrating theory and practice in a way that's applied. It's, it's, it's seeing that both are most, uh, are, both are important, both are, are relevant and appropriate, you know, in combination. Um, and there's a real, mm. there's a real value to be gained from, from that integration. And so that, that I think comes out of, uh, arts practice um and and the way in which there's a there's a kind of abstraction process that allows you to reflect and develop ideas uh in flow and and as, as mm. they're happening and, and so that was that was a lot of my inspiration i you know i won't take you through the the whole history of that but that 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 inspiration through my practice in in this integration of theory and practice um led to you know a view about um learning and a view about the philosophy of learning that, that, that kind of centered on that idea of integration flow and, and, mm. and a, a very a kind of student directed learner directed process. Um, the meta part of it for me as sort of has meta levels to it in itself, <laughs> but <laughs> initially, you know, that the, there was something that I saw in, in arts practitioners uh, who are, you know, accomplished in uh, leveraging their skills for different kind of problems, problems that are creative, problems that, that, that they're trying to solve in their in their practice. Um, and the facility that they had to be able to say, okay, well, these skills are relevant in this context, but I could shift them to another context and apply them in that way, uh, in a different way. And so the, the, the meta part of it was this, uh, this reflective quality, had this reflective quality to it. This idea sure. that that you you know you that you can reflect upon how your skills are applied in different contexts, um, and learn from that. So another dimension from to, to that reflective piece is it was about metacognition, um, understanding the learning process in itself. So this this kind of complex word, I guess, um, metapraxis is, is capturing that. It's capturing reflective interdisciplinary learning where theory and practice are integrated and applied in different contexts where there's a real focus on learners being able to understand and, 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 and explore their own learning process um, yeah. as part of their growth and development. And that was essentially the kind of key aim in the development of the project. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and 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 as as uh, you know you, you know from some of the conversations we've had with schools you know that that they took that initial idea and and did worked in with it in different ways um mm. based on their contexts michael tell us a bit like why does this matter why you know what is the case for change here you know the schools yep. are doing their work students are learning why do we need to think in this kind of meta way about praxis <laughs> i think um one of the things we're noticing in the shift in sort of the educational paradigm or learning paradigm is a, a move away from quite siloed or linear disciplinary learning towards something that's more complex. So, so that includes a broader range of capabilities, not just those that sit within disciplines, but also those which we can apply across disciplines and, and in our lives more generally. Um, mm. So when with that kind of, landscape uh there's a need to perhaps reconfigure recalibrate adjust um in in the way that we structure learning experiences uh as part of uh, schools and uh, other learning organizations um so that we can properly incorporate and integrate those different types of skills um why are those skills important um for me it's that similar integration of theory and practice where we think about the same sort of integration of disciplinary skills that are rooted in in their contexts so the skills i use in mathematics the skills i use in geography the skills i use in music but also those that 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 are kind of more generally applicable um but not only that and this is one of the core things with metapraxis is that the idea that we can take skills from one disciplinary area and apply them in another Mm. um so thinking about tools of interpretation modes of inquiry research skills you know, there are things that we do in certain disciplines that if we start to port them and move them across into other disciplinary areas, they tell us something different about the content we're examining or exploring. They tell us something different about the context and the discipline in itself. And um, so that kind of integration uh, is, is something that we've been exploring with schools because there's a sort of broad concept here with metapraxis that um, interdisciplinary learning environments so these kind of what we've termed meta spaces, you know, where we could think about learning happening in multiple dimensions, in multiple places. So it could be virtual, it could be in a classroom, it could be project based, it could be right. a kind of distributed view. Um, that those kinds of environments are in their very nature complex. And those yeah. complex environments provide you with the opportunities uh, to develop a complex range of skills from the disciplinary through to the sort of what you might think of as I suppose transdisciplinary uh, so sitting across across disciplines I'm interested Michael it sounds like talk to it talk to us a bit about transfer because it sounds sure. like that's what you're talking about here and yeah and ultimately kind of we look at the evolving future of work and it's very much this idea of having to operate alongside augmented by technology mm-hmm the idea of evolving projects, evolving marketplaces, yeah. evolving roles, skill sets. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot there. So give us a sense of how how if we do that, it actually creates more powerful ability and capa- you know, capability to transfer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so I mean, so I can speak to transfer and and connect that to this idea of portability that I talked about. And and one of the key um principles of metapraxis is that and, and, and more broadly, you know, in terms of my philosophy of learning is that actually if, you, if we want to increase levels of agency for students and give them agency in their learning, um, 
to be able to manage you know complex experiences and, and themselves then actually rather than focusing on the content mm. of learning we need to and and, and you know the, the content of learning within disciplinary structures is uh, aligns to a concept of expertise so we we, we start with understanding the, the basic information and develop understanding from that and so on and so forth so you sort of move through this pyramid where you only get to transfer your knowledge when you're an expert yeah in in the content but um and this ref, this is sort of linking to um charles Fidel's work and bialik's work in, in in this space for the within the center for curriculum redesign um that actually putting flipping the curriculum so that you focus on transfer first as a as a kind of fundamental premise for the way in which yeah. we learn I believe is, you know, I agree with, I think it's really important because what, what you're, and, and to, in order to do that, in order to give students and, and learners the capability of understanding how to apply skills in different contexts, the thing to focus on is not so much the content, more the tools of interpretation, the ways in which um, students can interpret and understand the world and apply different skills to, to test those, those ideas and those concepts about what, what's happening. Um, so, so that's been a key focus for metapraxis, and what that sh- what that sort of um, it becomes is a kind of uh, focus on high levels of agency for students, and high levels of um, of uh, of autonomy in the way that they're deriving their learning and their knowledge. So, so that sort of correlates with agency. But the idea is that it's that that you are the person that explores and develops your understanding and your knowledge. Um, by understanding where that the sources of that are rather than a more traditional model which is that the knowledge is owned by somebody else and yeah. imparted to you as a kind of didactic transfer almost of power as well so there's a kind of power shift mm. uh, it's interesting is that i've heard you speak about this in our conversations is it's almost like making you the discipline or what is the what is the framing there it's kind of it's changing the locus yeah. of control yeah the locus way. of control the, the locus of you know control and power um so the idea is that rather than the learner existing within a disciplinary context they become the context for disciplinary and transdisciplinary right. skills uh, and 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 that for me is a it's a different view of what we might think of as personalized learning um so personalized learning as a kind of homogenous concept is what not what you want. It needs to be absolutely individualized. And um, yeah. and if it's to be that, then it has to come from the person and the self that as, as the learner as as that self. Um, and that's what I hold. I think is is true in that say, sense because you mm. shift the power relationships, you shift the the capability focus, and it gives much more uh, agency to students and learners to be able to direct that process themselves that's so that's fantastic yeah making you the context Mm. that's so that's really really powerful um take us into how this actually happens you know what's the process here some of the design principles or the reference points or the scope because clearly you know if we do get to the point as you say of fully individualized learning that means you know, in a big high school, mm. twelve hundred individual journeys within one learning institution. Yeah. So, kind of, what's the process that you've kind of, you know, some implementation phases, and yeah. how, how's it kind of developed across the three years? 
Well, I think, I mean, just, just picking up on your point about, you know, all those individual journeys, those individual journeys exist already. And, yeah, and, and yeah. like, we have to take account of them in a way. <laughs> we just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so if you assume some homogeneity about it, then you can be yeah. highly structural in the way that you push, push, you know, the, well, the push is the wrong word, but, you know, structure the learning process for, for, um, for learners. For me, so, so sort of the backstory here is that um, I work for the University of East London and for the last five years I've been involved in developing interdisciplinary curricula and, you know, what we mean by that's quite broad, but the particular focus has been to, to really sh- shift the relationships between the content, the contexts and the, I suppose we might think of them as, as capabilities, but we could also think about them as modes of learning. Um, so, so if th- often those three are pretty much bound up in the discipline, so there are certain skills that I need, uh, certain content that I'll, I'll explore, um, within the context of that discipline and do it in a particular way. And, and that's, you know, you know, highly, uh, scripted often, you know, mm. so it's a kind of, and, and so one of the things I've been exploring in, 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 this is part of the design principle really, I suppose, is this, well, what if we can. Dis, disaggregate those things so we separate them out and we could apply different skills to different content more dynamically and we could see that the different contexts could hold those explorations those learning processes um, mm. more dynamically as well um, and that correlates with higher levels of student agency of course um, in in universities as with lots of learning organizations there are traditions and there are structures that um you know so there are module structures now this concept of a modular framework was one yeah. that was uh you, you know m- meant to embrace some variability some diversity and f- for people to be able to take different pathways and and of course the kind of li- liberal arts types of degrees that you get in the states for example uh, pick up on that kind of concept that we can explore different disciplines and take a kind of have a diet of different different experiences yeah, okay. and um the concept for me though was that because those modules are fixed what they are is often the containers for the content contexts and 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 modes and skills that we apply within a discipline and that happens in school as well we think about you know a particular subject and so so instead of that there was a module structure that that sort of sat as an underpinning structure where one module is about skills development another about collaboration and another about applied practice and so that meets the professional domain and it's about how that makes sense so in a sense you've you've got these is skills focused you sh- you apply those skills in collaborative contexts that are then professionally oriented and this is sort of for undergraduate degree level um but but applied it can be applied elsewhere of course and those three modules become these prototypical kind of structures that enable you to float projects across the top and those projects can be dynamic they can be responsive they're adaptive to different contexts and so on and so forth and different learners mm-hmm. and another dimension of that that i'm exploring now is well okay so if we can design projects quite dynamically across the top of these modules this module structure um we can do it as teachers well let's shift the agency what about students designing those projects or mm-hmm. us designing them together um, so that actually what you're doing is really putting you're getting into the structural features of, of of the curriculum and pushing agency into that space it's not yeah. it's not that the curriculum holds the agentive process it's that it is an agentive process 
and so it so it shifts from context to something else you know um so after that long explanation um those were the design principles so there's this yeah. prototype that then 12 schools have interpreted and they've ta- they've created their own meta space the, the, the this 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 sort of virtual uh metaphysical container of of learning mm-hmm. um they've applied different types of skills so we've been exploring disciplinary skills and alongside you know the general capabilities for example uh, from acara uh, the australian curriculum and um and 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 there have been different types of focus so some of the, some schools are focused on things like enterprise and entrepreneurial uh, learning yeah uh, others are focused on uh, focusing on a particular skill so it might be looking at uh, creativity or critical thinking for example or collaboration and that that becomes the the outcome for them mm. there's a sort of emergent outcome uh, that 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 develops those skills um, so it's been it's been very broad, and the scope of each project, um, which we'll be able to hear about from from the school stories in themselves, you know, has really taken on the context of the school. It's taken on the life of the school and what the, the identity of that school is, and enabled mm. it to develop and grow. Um, so that's that's been a really powerful, uh, you know, shift from design principle to co-design with schools, and for schools mm. to take on that co-design with their learners and their students for me is this kind of endless modeling process that happens. So you, um, we talked about, you know, fractals in many contexts, but that, that, that yeah. you have the same prototypical learning patterns that exist at the micro level and the macro level and the meta level, um, you know, within this, within this kind of project work. Mm. So double click a bit on this, the, the progress piece. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, and, you know, the non-linearity of progress so often <laughs> in schools. Yeah. You know, the idea that you kind of, uh, how, what did you kind of notice across the schools that we hear from mm. in, in the next couple of episodes mm. um, about the way that that progress kind of emerged? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I, I, you know, as, as I'm sure you'll hear from schools, you know, metapraxis in itself needed unpacking. Um, so that in the first stages, it was very much about establishing the case for change, establishing a rationale. Why do we need to be, you know, exploring uh, skills development and, and, and learning in a much more, what we might call, holistic way? Um, mm. And and so that took some time. And in, and in a way, the first year was schools grappling with what the principles of the project were and what they meant to them and how the design principles, you know, the sort of prototype that I'd established could be interpreted by them uh, uh, as a, in, in, a, in a different way as a, that's relevant to their, their context and, and um, what their learners wanted to do. And um, we ended the first year with a, a kind of poster display uh, experience where um, schools were charting that and just talking about what their vision was and mm. and what their experience was of of, of, of creating that vision um, but it very much was about articulating well we've got this uh, aim I guess <laughs> these are our objectives along the way this is the vision this is the what we hope to in- achieve uh, and and um, that that process led to a poster display ac- activity uh, which mm. which um, we deconstructed. So it, rather than it being the end point, it was a new a new beginning, and 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 it was about de- deconstructing what we ask students to do all the time in our assessment, sort of 
tasks and and um and and what how that frames things perhaps unnaturally so we frame learning with the assessment task in the same way that we frame it with the discipline and oh, that that whole poster display was about asking schools well what sits outside the frame what, yeah. what didn't you include why didn't you include it why couldn't you include it and 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 so again it was it was placing schools in a in a position of exploration but also mm. uh a ch- challenging what they thought was happening <laughs> yeah. with with yeah. with some divergent thinking you know in that process that's a really great example actually because uh, of course it's it's not so much the product you no. know and we heard this of course from Charlie Leadbeater as well mm. you know it's kind of philosophy meets process yeah meets product i think of the yeah. three p's yeah um and and so of course it's like well how did you get to this point and yeah. where, what did you include and why i mean that that idea of deeply reflective um practice i think is something that's embedded in this in this work yeah no for sure for sure what do you think i mean I, that we do have a tendency the truism to fear that which we do not understand <laughs> And it can be the case that when we when we're talking about some of these ideas, you know, thinking about very kind of deep systems, fractal emergence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, meta praxis, transdisciplinary transfer. I mean, how my, one of the challenges would be, I would, uh, I guess, uh, having people understand like what this yeah. actually is. Yeah. Um, so how how have you found schools have gotten through that piece? in terms of articulating this is actually what we're trying to do here. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really an important, uh, it has been a really important challenge to recognise. And in in a way, you know, when you establish this kind of prototype, um, it speaks to an old paradigm, which is I've got the knowledge, how are you, you know, how do you, how are you going to understand it? <laughs> um, and, I, and I think one of the things I'm really keen uh, to do is to establish, you know, gaps, spaces where where misunderstanding, misunderstanding non-understanding, uh, you know, exploration and finding meaning um, can happen, um, and that can be quite a, a chaotic space sometimes. Um, but 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 it's important. It's important if you want to go through that kind of process of accommodating to change and accommodating to new ways of working mm. that you actually experience it so it so it's so the challenge has been um to 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 understand that there's a kind of theoretical frame but that the- theoretical frame is not the experience the ex- the experience right. is what you experience and what emerges and how you reflect on it um and so it's it's there's a kind of phenomenological concept with that which is that we we learn as individuals because of the things we encounter all the time um and and for schools it's the, it's the same and you can have a you can have a, a prototypical process to explore but to really own that as part of your context the challenge is well you know um you know of of, of really owning that mm. are that you have to be it and get it nice. a, a bit wrong and get it right and then arrive at things that emerge uh almost you know, without you un- you in- you intending them to have, you know, them intending them to emerge, um, but recognizing their value, so that it's it's not a linear reflection of a model. It's mm. it's a it's a it's a sort of narrative learning journey that 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 is an exploration of principles and concepts and um, you know ways of thinking about learning along the way. That's wonderful, Michael. I I wonder 
in listening to you say that, I wonder about the difference between a school that says we understand innovation, mm. one that says we innovate, mm-hmm. to one that says we are an innovative school. Yeah. You know, there seems to be three different levels of depth in yeah. that articulation. Absolutely. And, and language is so important in that. I mean, what, that's one of the things behind the, the problem of the word metapraxis is that it, I don't see it as a problem as almost a, a hook to hold um, new, new potentiality to. <laughs> Right. So, so you, you need new language to, to kind of represent yeah, those, those new spaces. And, and, and although it's, you know, a bit of a mouthful, it, it has meaning. And I think that, you know, from noun to adjective to verb, I'm not sure that was the order you did it in, but, um, you know, those say so much about, about who, what, what is, what is it that you're doing? Is it something that's already happened? <laughs> is it a call to being <laughs> future being? Or, or is it a described, you know, a description of an object, a description of a, mm. of a process and a learning a, or an organisation, and I think, you know, that's so innovation's one word that 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 has those dimensions, and I think it, you know, they are, we've talked before about entrepreneurialism as well. This this yeah. idea of enterprise as representing one kind of thing, rather mm. than being a mindset, and and yeah. and, and that that idea with entrepreneurialism and, and enterprise, you know, I, I bore, boringly said this before, but I think it, you know, it speaks to the idea of the gaps that, that taking from between, if we look at it kind of literally, that, mm. that, that finding things that exist in the spaces between the established patterns, the structures that have been established for us in, in learning. Um, so I think it, it is about a school having something that it isn't just, a kind of title about what it does so much as the way it sees things. Um, so it's a kind of philosophy of learning that is dynamic, that's adaptive, that can change, but that that's rooted in core values and core principles about, about learning. Mm. That's fantastic, Michael. It's just, yeah, thinking about how, how we think of ourselves, yeah. you know, and find, find the spaces in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a powerful piece. Clearly there's a, there's an element to being able to, and have enough courage to be held within a psychological frame that mm. enables us to delve into this unknown. Yeah. Um, and so what have you noticed in terms of the impact of this work so far? The culture of learning implications, mm. for example. Do you think things do become embedded and then again, because it becomes a piece around identity of mm. who we are as a team of educators, who we are as a school, as a community, as a leadership team, etc. then it kind of continues to emerge after that what, yeah, what's yeah. the kind of impact that you've noticed so far well it's i mean I, my first thought is to, is to think back to what you were saying you know talking about charles ledbeater's philosophy practice product uh frame um you know that it, it's about keeping it moving always always i think like that's one of the things i've noticed is in in the schools remarkably what's happened is that they've been able to hold to the philosophy and then iterate through different types of practice that result in different kinds of products. Um, but then those in turn start to reinform the philosophy. Mm. So, so if it's, if it's that kind there's a kind of spiral like cycling that happens. Um, and, and if you stay too long in one space, uh, you know, the other things don't happen. So you don't update yeah. the philosophy if you only, if you do go straight to product um, and, you know, and so this is, this speaks back to this idea of metapraxis is that that is the state that it describes. 
the metapraxis is this constant f- f- sort of uh, flux between theory and practice, between synthesis and mm. you know analysis. But, you know this kind of this movement in understanding contextually where we are, and then specifically what is the meaning, and you know what skills am I applying to understand, and and to do that reflectively, so that there's a kind of you you keeping yourself moving. You're keeping yourself yeah. learning, keeping yourself open, um, and that's what I've noticed in schools, and and in different ways. So, so one of the things that's been really rewarding for me is that to see that it's it is there are products that have emerged from this. There are ways in which schools have have started to change their practice, but fundamentally, a lot of the culture has changed in those in those schools because you start to see these unintended effects which is Mm. that the way someone starts to you know represent the way they think about learning their learning philosophy starts to affect other people in that they interact with and so we have schools um, who have uh, established a kind of innovation culture that then is having an effect upon other areas of the school and that's becoming a wider practice then so um, other schools who have started with a kind of prototype for interdisciplinary learning that has then turned it and might only exist at one year level that's now after three years something that's fully embedded um, across the curriculum for the whole school Mm. so Mm. so there's this there has that's been the greatest impact i think is that it's it's had an impact on the on the culture of learning and the and the the philosophy of learning that that, that that's held by by schools um and that that is that explores the uncomfortable space that you talk about you know so being mm. comfortable with complex chaotic contexts yeah. um means needs you to develop skills in in finding coherence finding meaning interpretation and so on and so forth and and it has a psychological dimension to it as well that sort of safety in being able to get it wrong safety in being able to explore uh, things that aren't necessarily that don't necessarily cohere with previous paradigms or previous views um, and I so I've, that's that's for absolutely what I've seen and I think what's embedded for the long term is a is a change in the way that um, learning's happening and that that's not only sitting within the metapraxis frame but it's that metapraxis has kind of become a philosophy about how you might teach um, within disciplines across disciplines and and how crucially how teachers uh, uh, learn mm. as well um and that 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 and there is another dimension to that which is that you know so recognizing that um i've established a a, a master's program that 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 sort of has this quality of being able to recognize the learning that's happening and the, and the work that teachers are doing and is accrediting that process and you know the the process of innovation and exploration so so again that kind of modeling process uh you know carries on that's fantastic michael because i did want to ask about teachers yeah in particular because so much of our conversations often are on students and that seems appropriate considering that it's a school yeah um and when we think in these terms about emergence within a human system, you know, it's kind of all the different ingredients, all the different players, actors that come together to mm. create that. And so, you know, how on earth can we have learner agency, teach, you know, student agency, if we don't have any, if the teachers are not agents yeah. of their own yeah. um, teaching? Yeah. Um, 
So what's your kind of comment around the specific to metapraxis? You know, on that point that you made with the, the wonderful kind of global learning futures mm. um, work that you've put together with the masters, mm. what is the, what kind of needs to shift within mm. that school dimension as well around structures and arrangements potentially? I think, I mean, I, it, I, there's a, <laughs> it's different for each school, but I think I, what, I, what I can speak to with my experience of, you know, teachers within the project um, has to do with uh, in the latter part of the project we were, we've been focusing on on how do we start to recognise the, the the learning that's happening and the impact of that learning in in the space. So we've been looking at impact mapping as a way of mm. uh, recognising learning that speaks to student narratives um, and portfolio based approaches to to capturing those artefacts, and that map has given teachers a way of thinking about learning that coordinates traditional, you, you know, the d traditional development of, of, of knowledge and concrete skills in a yeah. more didactic way, but also then thinking about scaffolded and, and, and modular learning processes that, that develops contextual awareness so that, that, that we're considering what sits outside the school perimeter. So, and not just in terms of, temporarily like when learning happens it's you know outside the school perimeter um time perimeter or or physical perimeter but also socially and culturally what what do students bring what do learners bring what do teachers bring um and and also then acknowledging that whilst we might think you know high levels of agency correlates with good learning um it, it's not always the case so it so in the sense that if you just open up the, the, the space for students to explore completely at their own in their own free way um, you 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 may be missing the fact that they require some concrete skills development or some support or scaffolding mm. around their learning so again it's that spiral concept that um, that it, that acknowledges the, con the the context of the learner the context of the school it acknowledges the need for a, to plan for emergence so that you've got these opportunities where students can explore experiment uh, improvise um, to develop tools of interpretation also you, that we can support students by giving them those concrete skills that 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 are complex or not um, mm. you know and scaffolding those supporting that so and I'm talking about learners and, and not teachers here, but to get to the point that that view of this sort of thinking about how levels of agency and levels of knowledge exchange or transfer of knowledge for different contexts is what is starting to develop for, for, for teachers as a developmental tool. So they're, so they're using that as a way of planning learning activities and activity systems um, mm. and thinking about um, mapping not only students but also whole groups thinking about where their teaching sits so and 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 that you know and it's very difficult to represent only in words but but what it what it what it means i suppose is that there's a there's there's a frame that we've used um that looks at agency and levels of transfer and gives teachers an opportunity to really consider their planning process in a way that plans for intended outcomes, but also allows for the spaces in, you know, those emergent outcomes. In between, yeah. Yeah. And you come up against all sorts. So you talk about structures and systems, what needs to change in the organizations. Well, you know, those things can be hard, you know, you, you know, to 
to shift. Timetable as often comes up as a, <laughs> a, a, as a big, pretty significant yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, that was one of the things about the concept of the meta space is that it, that what are the parameters that we're defining the space with? And this came up, this came up in, in the last two years with, with COVID, obviously, that, that learning happens everywhere and all the time, <laughs> potentially. Mm. And so how we recognize <laughs> that and how we support that, um, you, you know, can be held within a meta space, even if it can't be held within one room at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, yeah with a particular teacher and a particular set of content. Um, so there's a, that there are, there's been some important shifts, I think that have been stimulated by, by having to adapt mm. and work within those, those new kind of parameters with, with COVID in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's great. Great call out there, Michael. Another thing, um, I just want to bring to this is it's not, I, th I think it's just the fractal, the fact that we're talking about the metaverse yeah. and web three <laughs> and web three is all about the emergence and new value exchange. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I'm exploring, you know, more and more. Um, all of us have heard of cryptocurrencies, for example, but yeah. it's, that's not, that's just, that's kind of the preface, you know, really yeah. I think that's going to shift in a significant way how knowledge, learning value is exchanged mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and who owns that. It's another yeah, absolutely. really phenomenal insight like NFTs. And whole, if it kind of it sounds pretty techy, but actually I, I see a strong resonance between kind of the learning process and mm -hmm. the activities of schools and also what's going to be created, I think, across in that digital space and yeah. effectively, potentially for better and worse, you know, the merging of those two spaces completely. Um, yeah, there's, at times. It's, com it's complex for sure. And I, think, and I agree that, that that's, that's, that's where, we, where we're at. That's the point of... of uh, that we, we find ourselves in. I think the interesting thing there though, is that there's a kind of, there's a, there's a duality in that. There's a parallel to the metaverse. I mean, what would we call it? The sort of introverse maybe, which is the <laughs> Good, inner world yeah. of the, of the self. Right. And that in parallel to this rather archaic techno technological kind of blanket that we might see the metaverse as, um, because how do you, how do you connect those worlds? And, mm. and I think, you know, there's a, the influence of AI in this is important as well. And that shifting the kind of landscape for, for, for learners and workers and, <laughs> you know, within the economic frame. Yes. Um, and I think that, you, you, you know, the, the, the experience of the learner um, is really important. And I, I have a, a sort of deep belief in this, that the concept of prototypical learning experiences, um, that there's this, you know, they, they, cascade through time mm. and and so the, the way in which we learn in a prototypical way you know early on then starts to have an influence over on our on learning through life and that it's, it pretty much stands to reason <laughs> but i so what i'm interested in though is to change some of those prototypes and and so that the that the way that we start to learn prototypically is in its by its nature dynamic and adaptive so that we are establishing the conditions developmentally yeah. for students and learners and teachers and you know beings to to coexist in 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 that um mm. and timothy morton the philosopher i'm really interested in talks about the logic of coexistence you know and so looking at the logic of coexistence really is important because it's about well how do we coexist within these this this global complexity 
um, at local level. I mean, and it's it's that that's the kind of meta mm. and intra view at, at once. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's right. The paradox, isn't it? Yeah. It's, the false dichotomies everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, this has been wonderful to kind of delve into metapraxis with you and and learn even more about the journeys that these twelve schools have been on. What are some closing remarks you might want to make um, to leave us with? Well, thank you, Luca. I appreciate the the, the, the time um, that we've had to be able to talk about this. I think one of the things I'd say is that, you know, in the in the future podcasts now, you'll hear the stories of the schools and what that will develop really is a deep uh, concept of how those schools' um, cultures of learning have changed. And, and really it's credit to them because... In, in a way there's a design principle there's a prototype but how that has been taken on by schools um to narrate to design to narrate to 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 measure the impact of their of their work has been mm. phenomenal and it's been really good to see and that and it's been long lasting so there are things that are embedded for the long term because those schools have uh, you know have been on a journey have and and will continue um so that's been fantastic to see and I think, you know, the next the next phase of this is thinking about, OK, having established the, the, uh, 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 a kind of foundation for kind of post-disciplinary almost or holistic learning that integrates disciplinary skills and, 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 and promotes this idea of being able to learn dynamically in different contexts. Yeah. How we recognise that's really important. Right? So that that piece around it being recognised not only within school, but outside of school, externally, externally, um, organizationally, institutionally. Um, and, and, and so that, that really is definitely the place where schools have, have got to. So how do we start to capture that work, uh, in, more dynamically and recognize the different ways that students and, and learners learn. Fantastic. Michael Bunce, a real delight to speak with you today, uh, and dive into what are these really phenomenal and exciting emerging ideas. Thank you, Luca. Mm-hmm.